Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, my name is James and this is the 92 podcast. I'm on a quest to speak to one fan from each of the 92 football teams that make up the Premier League, the Championship, League One and League Two. Each episode, I'll shine the spotlight on a different club, talking to their fans, playing silly games and quizzes, and learning what it's like to be a supporter of their team. In this episode, we take a look at a team in the smallest town to have ever hosted a Premier League team. It's Burnley. We've seen toenails offside, armpits offside. It's absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. We literally hate each other. Like, I don't know any Blackburn fans. I can't even say the word without Black getting angry. To be honest, I think the likes of Alex Scott being on the telly and being one of the best pundits that we've got at the minute and knowing what she's talking about and having done the, you know, seen the game. and I think that's done a lot for female football fans. Now, as usual, I don't really know too much about Burnley other than Turf Moor is Jordan North's happy place. They play in the Premier League and they're known as the Clarets, which is why I'm joined by Burnley fan Becca on this episode. Hello, Becca. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me, James. Um, I'm excited about this. Never done a podcast before, so here we are. Here we are, yes. So how long have you been a fan of Burnley? Um, I can't ever not remember being a fan, literally since I was born, I think. And then I got a season ticket when I was about five, and I've had one ever since. So yeah, it's like a massive part of the la- my life, really, in the family's life. I was going to say, were you brought up to be a Burnley fan? Yeah, I think everyone around around Burnley is. I think everyone is brought up to be a Burnley fan if you live in Burnley. My granddad support both my granddad supported Burnley. My mum, my dad, my uncle, my brother were all like diehard Burnley fans. So yeah, been in the family since well, since as long as I can remember really. Do you, is there ever a time where you're like, why do I support Burnley and why don't I support another team? <laughs> all the time. Every weekend, I'm like, I say to my mum, I was like, could you, we could have lived in Manchester, we could have been Man City fans, but no, we're Burnley fans, and once you support Burnley, you can't get out of it, It, as much as I've tried, it's the pull of Turf Moor, and just that community that that pulls you back, and yeah, you just can't support anyone else, it wouldn't be the same roller coaster. we have many ups and downs as Burnley fans, wouldn't quite be the same supporting one of these bigger clubs. Absolutely not. So I mentioned in the introduction there that Burnley are the smallest town to have ever had a team play in the Premier League. Do you think that has an impact on the support the team gets or is it a case of everybody supports Burnley? Um, Yeah, I think think the the small town thing makes the supporters more passionate about the club because, I don't mean to disrespect Burnley, but there's not much going on here apart from (laughs) the football club. Like to have a football club in the town that is in the Premier League, and we welcome like Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp, Mourinho. You know, like those calibre of managers and players yeah. every week. It's almost like everyone lives for that day on the turf and the, at the weekend, and everyone goes mad for it on a on a Saturday. So I think I think we do get more support because of the small town we are, and the passion, the, the more passionate support as well so what is the atmosphere like at turf Moor? <laughs> um it, it varies it, it depends it depends what whether it's cold whether it's hot if, if the best atmospheres are on a oh, it's typical cold wet tuesday night <laughs> horrible like when we're playing man city or man united on a tuesday night 
you're praying for snow, hail, wind, horrendous conditions, and then everyone's well up for it. Like you go, you you can tell the the change in atmosphere, like the volume gets turned up when it's cold and when it's wet and miserable, because you think, hold on a minute, we've got a chance here, because they're not going to fancy this on this at, at this time. But on a on a normal week, like I mean, it's not exactly the most enjoyable football to watch. I'm not going to lie. But we've had, we've had our moments. I remember feeling as a kid when we were playing Spurs in the uh, Carling Cup semi-final, the ground shaking. I remember the stand like actually shaking because it was that loud. So there have there have been moments where it's it's literally the roof's blown off. But on a normal match, it's pretty average, I'd say. How does it compare to other stadiums that you might have been to? Oh, see, I love Turf Moor. Um, <laughs> Because it's it's got that throwback to like yeah. old times. It's never moved from where it is, and it's like got the wooden seats. It's got the toilets are horrible and tiny, and it's just got that throwback feel. You go to some of these new stadiums, and you think, "Where's your soul? Where's your character?" Yeah. And I think Turf Moor is a total opposite of that, and I think I think that's what makes us all proud of it. And it's right in the town centre as well, so. Every time you go into town, you go past it. Whereas some of these other new ones, they're like out on the outskirts. Whereas that yeah. is literally the centre of the town. And it has been for decades, centuries. So, yeah, I love Turf Moor. So who do you usually go to your matches with? Um, well, I used to go with my mum and my brother um, and my dad occasionally. Um, but then my brother became too cool for school. Um, ditch me and my mum so it's just me and my mum my uncle comes on now and again my dad comes on now and again Uh, my brother joins us now he thinks he's not that cool um, and he's grown (laughs) up a bit Um, so yeah it's like it's a real family affair and then we when we go on the because we've sat in the same seats now for oh 20 years I think and the people in front behind and next to us have all sat there as well so it's like a proper little football family now when you go on um, so it's it's weird having not seen them for like an entire year nearly now. I was going to ask you about that. How has COVID impacted you as a football fan? Do you miss going to the ground or is that obvious? Yeah, I think I think for me it's sort of, I've lost interest in football. Yeah. Because for me going to the football is not, obviously as a Burnley fan, it's not about going to watch the actual football that's being played. It's yeah. about the atmosphere and being around the people and going on the game and the whole the whole day that you make of it with your family and with the people who are around you um, and I think that's just all been been a bit lost so I've just I've just lost interest honestly I can't wait for the day we can go back on I think I might cry <laughs> and not go on like when there's 2000 I mean like you want to go in when it's full capacity yeah I'll, I want to wait till it, it's, it's properly back so in terms of rivalries, the biggest one for a Burnley fan would be the East Lancashire derby against Blackburn. What is that rivalry like? <sighs> that is po- it's poisonous. <laughs> we literally hate each other. Like I don't know any Blackburn fans. I can't even say the word without like getting angry. Um, <laughs> and I don't I don't know. I, it put it when we play each other. We play each other at like dinner time, and we all if you if you're going from Burnley. If you're a Burnley fan going to the match, everyone has to get on a coach at Turf Moor at about half past eight in the morning to drive yeah. eight miles down the road. <laughs> we all get on these coaches. The motorway gets closed. Every yeah. motorway bridge, there's police on it. 
So we all pull up at like half past nine and there's two hours to kill at Ewood Park and you can't do anything but go in the stand and wait it out. So I've been three, ta- three four times now. I wasn't yeah. allowed to go until I was 18. My mum won't let me go until I was 18 because that's how bad it is. Wow. Um, I've seen toilets be flooded in there. I've seen seats ripped out and thrown. I've Oh, it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. But it I mean, like when, absolute torture having oh, to is. sit in Ewood Park. It is. And when you win, you have to like go back and there's this pub. Uh, I don't even know what it's called, but there's a pub on the way back. We all pile back on the coaches and if you've won, it's fantastic. Um, and you go past this little this little pub and all the Rovers fans are outside, you know, giving it some. And all the Burnley fans just run to the window. I swear the coaches nearly topple over with like <laughs> the, the just sheer joy. And, you know, it is, it's, yeah, it's quite something. And uh, I think that's why Sean Dash will always be such a, such a character at the club because we had not we'd not beaten them for 37 years yeah. until he beat them not that long ago now i think now i think it's like i don't think we i don't think i think we're unbeaten against them under sean dash i might be wrong on that but i think i think we are yeah. and that i think that'll always make him an absolute legend we'll come on to sean in a bit but in terms of burnley players past and present who are some of your favorites that you've seen don a burnley shirt well, Ian Wright for one. <laughs> uh, I I remember. I think he. I would. I, I think I was about eight or nine when Ian Wright came to the club. And as a kid, Ian Wright, I used to watch. I mean, I remember. I used to watch all the football. Me and my brother used to watch inhale football. Yeah. Um. So Ian Wright putting on a Burnley shirt was like the biggest thing I've ever known as a as a Burnley fan. And as a kid, it was like it was like Christmas Day when he walked out onto that pitch. Um, so that, that Ian Wright would be up there. Uh, Wade Elliott as well, who scored the goal at Wembley. He's always been one of my favourite ever Burnley players. Glenn Little, he was magic with his feet. Andy Payton, the Paddy and Predator. <laughs> he was one of my favourites growing up. More recently, well, there's Brian Jensen for his penalty save at Chelsea. We went on the Calling Cup run. That was pretty magical. Danny Ings, you knew he was a player. When he, when he came to Burnley, you thought, he's too good to be here. He's going to go places. And then he went to Liverpool and I thought, right, this is it. And then obviously he's got his career has been blighted by injuries, but I think he was one of them players that you, you knew he was someone. Kieran Trippier, another one. And then current squad, I think... For me, it'd have to be Ben Mee, just for the, the leadership that he has and, and the, just the braveness of him. Like Some of the tackles and the like shots he stopped with like all parts of his body, his head. <laughs> he just puts his head in front of everything. And you just think, if you could bottle the passion and the bravery that he has and spread it across the squad, we'd be unbelievable. But yeah, he, he's, pretty, he's pretty good. So I always ask this question as well, and it always gets a mixed response. Are there any players you've not particularly liked who've played for Burnley? I wasn't a massive fan at the time. Well, I wasn't a massive fan of Scott Arfield until he turned up against Rovers, and then he became a god. <laughs> and now he's doing stuff in Rangers. I'd have him back in a heartbeat. Um, so I did a 360 on him. Yeah. I'm not going to lie, I'm not Chris Wood's biggest fan. But he, he knows where the goal is, so I've got to give it to him. I had a player called Tony Grant, and he, he'd been at Rovers before he came to us, and I probably wouldn't have had him. David Jones was another one as well. He did a job for us, but he was always a bit slow and a bit useless, to be honest. 
but again, they, these players, they come in and they do a job for Burnley and then they go and you think, actually, he weren't really that good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the time, I think whoever pulls on that, that shirt is going to be supported. It's only after I think you realise, actually, we're a bit crap. Is there any players then that you would love to bring back? You mentioned Danny Ings. Yeah. Well, we brought one back already. Jay Rodriguez. Oh, there's, a, there's, a, there's quite a few. Scott Arfield. I'd have him yeah. back. Uh, Kieran Trippier. I'd bring back in a heartbeat. I think he's sensational. And he's the one player that I think fully understood the Blackburn Burnley rivalry. He used to wind yeah. them up so rotten when we went to Ewood Park. <laughs> Joy Barton, I'd have back in a heartbeat as well. Andre Gray, you know, I know that I know a lot of fans didn't really rate him, but his pace that he had, and he just offered something different. I, I genuinely think he could still do a job for us, to be honest. But yeah, I think of Sam Volks, another one. But I don't, I don't like saying we've taken back because I always think we can, we should be going forward. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we should be looking ahead, not back, taking yeah. him back. Yeah. If we take play, I mean, Trippier won't be a step back, but if we take back Volks, Gray, Arfield, I don't know, I think it's it's not the best. It's more, We need to be more positive, I think, and look forward. Have you had any interesting experiences being a female football fan? Um, well, it is quite unusual because like, there's me and my mum that go on, um, yeah. so it's like two females as well. We've never experienced any like funny well, we're not no one's ever said anything to us, but we do occasionally get like the weird glances and like on Twitter, when you give your opinion after the game, a lot of people are like, "Oh, stick, get back in the kitchen. What you're doing? You're a girl." Yeah. Blah blah blah. But to be honest, I think the likes of Alex Scott being on the telly and being one of the best pundits that we've got at the minute, and knowing what she's talking about, and having done the, you know, seen the game, and I think that's done a lot for female football fans. And like the rise of women's football, I think it's almost given women and female fans a bit more respect. And actually, we do know what we're talking about. And we're here to enjoy the same game as anyone else. I've never experienced anything from Burnley fans or any opposition fans, to be honest. In fact, when we go to away games, we often go in pubs that are like neutral, you know, like mixed. Yeah. We've always had great conversations with fans from across the country. And, you know, we've always had really good experiences away. In fact, Arsenal was probably one of the best ones. But yeah, we've always had good experiences, to be fair. Been lucky, I think. So we've discussed what it's like to be a fan and we're going to discuss the current season soon. Now it's time to test your knowledge. You're going to have five questions about your beloved Burnley and five questions about football in the 92 in general. How do you think you're going to do on this? Terrible. (laughs) Is it the Burnley questions you're dreading or is it Um, all of them? I don't want to embarrass myself on the Burnley questions. (laughs) The other ones might not be too bad. I I don't know. Let's give it a go. Yes. So question one then. Who did Sol Campbell most recently manage? Uh, Macclesfield. No, Southend. Oh, God. (laughs) In July this year, Burnley held Liverpool to a 1-1 draw at Anfield, becoming the only team to do what to Liverpool in their title-winning season? Take points at Anfield. Yes. Question three. Since the Premier League was founded in 1992, which team has won the most games? Oh, uh. I'm torn between two. I'd probably go United. It was United. Yeah. Question four. In April 2019, Ashley Barnes picked up a yellow card for a bizarre reason against Cardiff. Why was he booked? Did he kiss the opposition player? He did. He kissed yeah. Cardiff defender Joe Bennett for he some reason. He's an absolute wind-up merchant. He's Ashley <laughs> Barnes. Question five. Which League One team play their games at Home Park? At Plymouth. It is. 
Question six, Burnley are one of only five teams to have won the top four divisions of English football alongside Wolves, Preston, Sheffield United and which other former Premier League team? It's a difficult one, that one. Oh, God. Former Premier League team. Here's me trying to think who went down last year. Maybe don't think so much about who went down last year. Is it Leeds? No. No. It's Portsmouth. Portsmouth? I've never got that. Question seven. Frank Lampard used to manage Derby before now managing Chelsea, but what other former Chelsea player is in the running for the vacant Derby job? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that one. It's John Terry. Oh, God, why would you want him as your manager? Question yeah. eight. Who did Sean Dyche manage before Burnley? Watford. Yes. Question nine. Who was manager of Leicester when they won the Premier League in 2015? Uh, Claudio Ranieri. Yep. And your final question. Other than Burnley, which EFL team is closest geographically to Turf Moor? Accrington Stanley. It is? Yeah. So you didn't do too bad on those? No, I did all right, actually. The the Portsmouth one threw me. Yeah, that one was a difficult one. So uh, let's move on to the current season then. Burnley are obviously in the bottom (laughs) three. Can you see them getting out of the drop zone? Uh, Yeah, because with this manager in charge, I'd never bet against anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I think, I mean, next I th- we did all right yesterday. Got a good point um, against yeah. Everton yesterday. We play Arsenal next, I think, um, and they're not exactly high on confidence at the moment. So I think if I think we could get something there. I mean, we are due a win over Arsenal. I'm not saying we're going to win, but we could get something. And then I, I do. I think we'll be out of relegation by the by 2021. I think we'll be out of the drop zone. I've got high hopes anyway. Um, and then we might turn a corner. It pays to be optimistic, doesn't it, in situations <laughs> like this? Where do you think it's all gone wrong, though, so far? Oh, I think it's a number of things. The injuries that we had at the start of the season didn't help. I mean, we just didn't have any options. And then because of the injuries and the options that we didn't have, that comes back to like the transfer strategy. We didn't buy anyone. What we did, we bought Dale Stevens, so we might as well have not bought anyone in summer. <laughs> like The lack of transfer activity is something that, is a massive bugbear of the fans, I think. But there's rumours of an American takeover happening before Christmas, so that could be an early Christmas present. Um, and then yeah. in January, you know, you never know what investment this takeover might bring. Or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of there's some of the young kids are coming through. I mean, we've got Dwight McNeil, who's obviously one of the first names on names on the team sheet now. And then there's a couple of kids that have made appearances. I mean, there's Josh Benson. He's an up and coming one. So. If we start looking at the kids and getting them involved more, I, th- I think we'll be fine. I do think we'll be all right. I think there's three worse teams than us in the league. Not sure who they are yet, but I, th- I think we'll be. All- I think we'll be all right. I do. We'll find out by the end of the season who those oh, three yeah. worst teams are. Um, just yeah. going back onto Josh Benson, he played on loan at Grimsby last year. How important do you think it is to send your young players out on loan to get them that experience ready for playing in the Premier League? Yeah, I think I think for a club like Burnley, it's even more important because we don't have these funds to go and splash like tw- 10, 12, 20 million on a player that might not work out. So if we've got, I mean, we do have a really good academy at Burnley and we've got some great young players. So the the more that we can get out on loan and get them back like and, and get them in the first team like Josh Benson, like Jimmy Dunn, like Dwight McNeil, you know, bed these youngsters in, give them that experience and then they come back to Burnley ready ready to play, ready to pull on the shirt. And then you never know. If we've got if we've got three Dwight McNeils, four Dwight McNeils in the wings, we don't need to go spending 
12, 20 million on these other players because we've got we've already got them there. Um, and yeah. I think for a club like Burnley, it's crucial that we do that. Yeah. So obviously we mentioned Burnley are in the bottom three and I promise I won't keep mentioning that they're <laughs> in the bottom three. Will the focus be on the league this season? You're obviously out of the Carabao Cup. Um, you lost to Man City and you start your FA Cup journey in January against MK Dons. Will the focus be on the league or would it be nice to go on a cup run in the FA Cup as well? I think the focus is always on the league. Um, yeah. It doesn't matter where we are, but to stay in the Premier League if you ask a Burnley fan every season what's your in this season, it's always to stay in the Premier League. Anything after that is a bonus. We've never done well in in the Cups under Dash. I mean, we've been knocked out by... Well, it's been quite frankly embarrassing um, <laughs> who we've been knocked out by in recent years. But, I mean, a Cup run would always be nice. But this year, I think it's just... It'll, it'll just... Especially in the position that we're in in the league, it's just going to be... A, one step too far. I mean, I won't be surprised if we got beat by MK Dons, if I'm being honest. But we'll wait and see. Cup run's always nice, but the league is always number one. So you mentioned there that if you ask a Burnley fan, they say their expectation this season is always just to stay in the league. Is there anything else that the club could be doing to try and make that aspiration a little bit higher up, like mid-table? Uh, I mean, spending money's always the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if we... Sp- well, I mean, we've shown it can be done because... I mean, we were in Europe, which was just absolutely insane. Only yeah. two years ago, I think now. So the, it, it can be done, and the manager and the players have shown it can be done. I, I think we just need to be consistent. I mean, we have been consistent. I say that like we haven't been, but I think even though we've been in the Premier League for is it eight years now, I think the expectation is to always stay in the Premier League because we don't have that money to invest in the squad and... You know, we are this small town and we everyone keeps saying we have this small town mentality, which really, it does annoy me because we do <laughs> have that and, and it's hard to get out of it. You know, like if we got relegated, I think everyone would be like, oh, well, whereas actually we should be really angry. But I don't know, we, we punch above our weight, I think, every time. But uh, I don't, everything, everything, anything extra. Top half of the table is a dream. Yeah. Middle table, mid table, I think is where we should be aiming for. But staying up is obviously the priority. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on Sean as the manager then? Is he still the right man for the job? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find a Burnley fan who don't think that. I mean, we all have us wobbles about him when, you know, he, he can be stubborn and, he does have strange ideas sometimes and the fans might not always agree with the players, the 11 that he puts out on the pitch, but I mean, results speak for themselves, and you can't really argue against him for what he's done for this football club. I think it, it goes deeper than the, pit, the on-pitch stuff as well, like the mantras that he's brought into the squad and the the ethic and the the, you know, the togetherness that they've got. I think if you took that man out of that club, I'd... I, I dread to think what would happen. I think we'd sink like a stone. So I think he's absolutely crucial. I mean, he's a god, really, for what <laughs> he's done to this football club. I think, yeah, I think it'd be a massive shame if we lost him. Do you think that part of the success of Burnley is that they've stuck with Sean Dyche for so long? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, we've never been a club that's like hired and fired. And I think Watford are probably looking at Burnley now and thinking we should have probably kept hold of that guy. I mean, I'm thankful that they didn't. But... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got relegated in, um, we, in our first season with Sean on, in the Premier League and then we bounced back the next season in possibly the best season that I've ever witnessed as a Burnley fan. I mean, we went 23 undefeated in the Championship. Now, that that's insane. 
we went from Boxing Day to the end of the season. We didn't we didn't drop point. We didn't we didn't lose, which is ridiculous. And then from there we've just gone we've just gone on and on and on. I mean, he got us to Europe for crying out loud. (laughs) It's just, honestly, it's just, and I think, I genuinely do think that we've just kept climbing that ladder because we've kept hold of Sean Dash and we've kept, we've kept hold of the players as well. You know, the the span of the team, it's not changed and the leaders in the, in the dressing room hasn't changed and the players that he brings in have to have like certain qualities and have to add something to the team. And I think he's very meticulous about that, and I, th- I think that's why we have been so successful because he he lives he, he, every everything in that football club. Sean Dash has touched, and he's had some influence on. And I just think that that's been vital to the consistency of where we are right now. So he's been quite vocal in the media recently, especially after the draw of Everton. He said he was scratching his head at the inconsistencies of refereeing decisions. And he alluded once again to VAR not being up to scratch. What do you think of VAR? Is it killing the game? Oh, I hate VAR. Absolutely <laughs> hate it. You can't, I mean, I cannot stand Liverpool, right? Yeah. But you're not telling me last week that that decision wasn't absolutely ridiculous for that penalty. It, it was, was yeah. I mean, if that's the penalty, then we it, it's gone. It has gone. I mean, yeah. we've seen toenails offside, armpits offside. It's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And you just think, what has happened to this game? Yeah. I, I do, I, yeah, I hate VAR. The sooner we, I mean, we're not, it's not going to go, it's not, we're not going to get rid of it now, are we? But no. there's, you know, I think there's, there's massive changes that need to be made. It's yeah. just, it's just ridiculous. You can't celebrate a goal properly because you're like, oh, I don't know if he's tall or sad. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's horrible, isn't it? I don't like it. I, th- I, th- I don't know. I think there has to be space. I think it's the feet that you have to look at, not the armpit or the shoulder. The areas of the body that they can actually use to touch a football with, yeah. usually. Which, which I thought. They'd said that that was the rule this season, but I mean, they did, but for some reason they seem to have forgotten that completely. Yeah, yeah it's gone out the window again, and the the whole penalty thing—it's just you just look at it and think, is that a foul outside the box? Are you going to look at that if it's outside the box? You're not. So if you're not, if you're not, then it's not a penalty, for me yeah, anyway. That, that's one of the things that they don't seem to be doing is. The call for a VAR review, and they're looking at something completely different to what the fans at home are thinking. You yeah. should be looking at that instead. Do you think that it's more of the people behind the technology rather than the actual technology itself that's the issue? Yeah, I do because we brought VAR in because our referees weren't doing a good enough job. Yeah, um, and now the referees are controlling the VAR, and it's still useless. Seems to be um, even worse than what it was before. Yeah, so I definitely think. I think the refereeing standards in this country aren't aren't the best, um, and I don't think I'm alone in thinking that. But having said that, I think the technology is supposed to be there to help them, and I don't think it is. Is there anything that you'd like to see introduced into football other than getting rid of VAR? Fans? <laughs> 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 uh, oh, I don't know. No, because I think I, I, I think if you change football too much, you lose what it is. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we're on the not on the verge of doing but I think that's where we go if we start changing too much you know what I mean I mean I won't, if it's a draw this is mad but if it's a draw I won't mind a penalty shoot at the end of every game That'd be quite <laughs> do you really good. think you should, do you really think you could put yourself through the torture of that every game well no but I th- no no probably not no that'd be horrendous <laughs> but it'd be insane it'd be a bit of a laugh 
be funny. It'd be entertaining, anyway. yeah. But you'd have lots of people having heart problems <laughs> every single yeah, week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It wouldn't be COVID that was stopping yeah. people getting grounds. It would be heart attacks <laughs> from penalty shootouts. <laughs> so let's have a look then at your overall best eleven for Burnley. If you had to pick eleven players to put on the field, anyone that's ever played for Burnley, including the current players, who what would your eleven be? Oh, that's really hard. Let's start with between the sticks. Who would you have in goal? Um, I don't know if it'd be Tom Eaton or Nick Pope. That is hard. I'd probably go Tom Eaton. Oh, sorry, Nick. Not that he'll be listening, but sorry. I feel bad for even saying that out loud. Sorry, Nick, if you're listening. She prefers she prefers Tom Eaton. Oh no, yeah. I don't. I don't. But I just <laughs> I, he was. I think he was more of a leader and more of a um, defense. Oh, it'd have to be Trippier. That one's a no-brainer, oh, really, isn't that it? That one is a no-brainer. Ben Mee. Yeah. Steve Davis. Oh, I don't even like saying that, but it was sensational. <laughs> so you've got oh, one more in your defence. I'm trying to think. Oh, I did like... Well, I caught his centre-back, caught put it... Oh, sod it. Putting him in. <laughs> Caldwell. Captain when we got promoted. Uh, midfield. Wade Elliott. Easy. That one was a quick one. Easy. All day. Joy Barton. Oh, Robbie Blake, get him in. And Glenn Little. <laughs> and now the now the tough one is, which two strikers would you go for? Andy Payton. Oh, it's got to be him right, hasn't it? It's got to be him right. You can't have him... Yeah, he's pulled on a Burnley shirt. Oh, but Gazza has as well. <laughs> no, I'm sticking... No, I'm sticking back. Yeah, we'll do that. I'll, I'll come off this call and I'll be like, God, I should have said him. Oh, I should have said him. I'll be thinking about this all day. We'll have to do a whole other podcast episode, a bonus (laughs) one about all the names that Becca forgot to put in her Burnley set. (laughs) I think, though, if you asked any football fan to name their best 11, they would be in the very same boat. They would struggle. There's always going to be some names that you haven't put in there. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Right. So now I'm going to ask you a very difficult question. Well, it might not be difficult for you, but we've mentioned how it's not been the best of starts for Burnley in the league this season. But where do you think they're actually going to finish a definitive answer? Um, oh, I'd probably go 14th, 15th. I'm going to go 14th. We'll be optimistic. If you were being pessimistic, where do you think they would finish? 17th. So you think they're going to avoid yeah, relegation? Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, yeah, costs? I do. That's good then. So now fans are slowly being allowed back into stadiums. What would you recommend to an away fan in terms of places to eat, things to do, places to drink, if they're heading to Turf Moor sometime in the future? Well, no trip to Turf Moor is complete without... A Benny and Ott. Do you know what one of them is? I've heard Jordan North talk about this on his podcast before, but oh. I'm not really sure what it is. Oh, it's a taste sensation. And it's only it's a very, it's a Burnley thing. So you have to go to the Miners Club and get right. a Benny and Ott. Actually, you can get them on the ground. But I'd always say, go, no no trip. You can't go to you can't come to Burnley without going to the Royal Dash. Um, and then Burnley Cricket Club, that's always good for away fans. It's really not... There's, often a cricket match on as well so you could possibly watch the cricket before going on the football <laughs> but yeah that's always good for like neutral fans uh places to eat well there's always spoons but you know <laughs> if you want a bit more upmarket than spoons there's um little italian called palazzo in town that's a little independent place we've got a lot of independent places in burnley there's a place called um hardaway which does good pre-match um scran place called continentals as well which is a must yeah, they're all on the way to the ground. Yeah, it's, a, it's you'll meet loads of friendly people in Burnley. Everyone will talk to you, but if, you, if you're if you an away fan coming, I, I definitely recommend the Cricket Club for family-friendly atmosphere and just cheap beer with cheap shots. And after <laughs> the game, it's even cheaper. 
So what's not to love? Well, thank you so much, Becca, for joining us thank on the you. podcast today. Good luck for the rest of the season. I truly hope that Burnley do not get relegated. Oh, I think, I think you're alone there, James, but I think a lot of football <laughs> fans would like to see Burnley go down. But unfortunately for them, I do think we're going to be sticking around for a little while longer yet, hopefully. <laughs> Thanks again to Becca for talking to us and of course thank you for listening. If you'd like to help me on my quest to speak to at least one fan from each of the clubs in the 92 and talk all about your club, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the92podcast or email the92podcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the 92 Podcast wherever it is that you found this episode. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it would really help us if you left us a rating and a review. Next time I'll be ticking off another club in the 92. See you then.